Hey there, my name is Jill Renee Feeler and welcome to this podcast. I used to do weekly podcasts and it's been a while and I wanted to throw one in here to um, just reach out. This is really, what we do is really for anyone that is interested in more of a transcendental experience in their life and recognizing that sometimes in our humanness we can feel almost like we're like we're trapped or strapped in <laughs> like too tightly and it prevents us from feeling um, an inspired, um, maybe even amazing version of ourselves. And some of us feel that for ourselves, but we feel like it's lacking in others and we maybe want to help them um, and assist them in feeling transcendental in their own way in their everyday lives, not just in like a yoga retreat or something like that. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> okay, so let's just take a couple nice deep breaths here and help us connect to ourselves. Nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, please. Great job. On this next breath, breathe in through your belly. So have your belly expand. You may want to put your hand on your belly as you inhale. Good job. And while you're breathing, I'll offer some words to inspire <laughs> those other layers of you that may have been asleep or <laughs> stored away. Okay, so take your breaths there still. What if there's an endless stream and versions of you that you have access to? And what if you don't know that and don't see that, don't experience that until something jars you? It doesn't have to be something terrible or something tragic. It can just be you being curious. What if anything can help you access those other layers and versions of you? Nice deep breath. What if these additional layers of you add to your sense of well-being, add to your sense of wholeness, add to your sense of purpose, add to your sense of value? Okay, good job. Keep breathing. What if these additional layers that you have access to aren't something you have to get to, aren't something you have to go outside of yourself to find and explore? What if these additional layers of you are always available from right where you are? And what if you don't need to suppress or get rid of any other layers of you? Okay, good. Here we go. <laughs> good start. All right, so from right here, let's start talking here. <clears throat> okay, so what, we, what I wanna talk about today um, and I say we because I do feel those transcendent layers that we were, that we were just talking about. It never feels like if I say I, I give myself enough credit because it's not I, it's just like a five human sensory form of Jill. So I'll say we, and I don't mean that in a weird way, <laughs> weird as in bad, but it is unusual. Um, what we want to talk about today is that, yeah, hmm. yeah, let me go deeper here. <sighs> These are very uncertain times. When I'm sharing this live, we are about six weeks into, at least in the US, six weeks into this um, coronavirus and COVID-19 or C-19 as some people are not calling it. 
the level of fear, the level of anxiety, and the level of uncertainty that even the experts, even the experts are facing tremendous uncertainty while they're trying to advise and trying to give recommendations. So for anyone that has any sort of heightened awareness system, when we can sense that the experts are uncertain, if you're if you have a tendency towards anxiety and fear, it's just like on major overload right now. What I want to remind you is that throughout human history, there have been things far worse than this. And we're still here. <laughs> I mean, there are there are individuals that obviously perished in a lot of those situations and are losing their lives to COVID-19. And that is sad, that is tragic. But for those of us that love, those of us that care, those of us that wanna be wise and smart and savvy, to pretend as if another's tragedy is what we are going through, to me is not just dishonest, it's also unfair. Unfair to those that did personally perish from COVID-19 or any of the other ways that we can um, be pulled out of our bodysuits and die, right? It's almost like when the world is going through something, it can feel like the right, i.e. the loving thing to do to pretend that we're all going through it together. But in actuality, other than the quarantine that we are all going through together and the economic consequences, which we are all going through together, but in varying degrees, right? We, it, is it, does it work? I mean, do you feel like that's an answer to if you are not personally suffering economically, if you are not personally suffering from the actual virus, does it seem right and just and honest and helping anyone to pretend as if you are? Really play with that. I know where I stand. <laughs> I know where I stand on this. And I get it that there can be such persecution when anybody is joyful for their health or joyful for the fact that for whatever reasons, they have an economic situation that at least for now and maybe throughout this whole thing won't be affected negatively because of the economic downturn. Some businesses may actually go up as a result of this, right? So in order for the, <laughs> to me, in order for this reality, this, this simulation to work as well as it could, we have, I don't want to say an obligation, but we definitely have an opportunity to give your personal experience the credit it deserves so that you can live your life in your best way. And it's very possible, and I would say highly likely, that by you doing so, you actually help your community and the collective even more impactfully, more positively, more authentically than if you were pretending that you were suffering as much as those that are more personally affected by this virus, this quarantine and this economic effect. Just play with that. And I, I can feel the resistance already. I know some of you are like, no, 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 that's that. You're defensive about the idea of you acting as if your personal situation is real. 
but it is real. You will always be able to find somebody that's suffering worse than you. So if your metric of goodness is, is suffering as much as you possibly can with those that are suffering the most, I just, I would love for you to reconsider that whole thing. What, what good is it doing them? Literally. And in the, I mean, we all have degrees of suffering ourselves and in, in our own suffrage, suffrage, uh, suffrage <laughs> that, that we may have. And this whole game almost of who's suffering the most, and we have to meet them where they are to show them we love them. Let me just ask you this, you, 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 the one that's watching this or listening to this. When you are suffering, would you want your loved ones or even strangers to be suffering with you? Is that, is that who you are? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Whenever I am sick or I have some sort of malady or challenge, that actually makes me feel better that no one else in my family is going through it with me, right? I'm happy that I'm the only one going through it. And I, I'm happy that they're not, right? I mean, I, I know some of you that have had children that were sick or children that lost their life. I've heard you guys say, I wish I could take it for them. <laughs> right? I, I see your heart. I see your love. And I see you're wanting to take it away from them so that they don't have to have it. Right? That's, to me, that's the best side of humanity is that we would rather take away another suffering so I feel like we've been playing this psychological game with ourselves that we can take another one suffering away from them. And that if we act like we're suffering alongside someone that we've heard about or personally know, that we are taking it from them. You're not. You're not taking away their suffering. You're sympathizing with them and you're demonstrating your love and compassion for them, but you're not taking it from them. So what if we can allow ourselves to have our own experience and allow others to have their own experience, which doesn't mean anyone deserves pain or anyone deserves suffering. But what if those people that are personally suffering from the actual virus, maybe fighting for their lives, maybe lost or losing their lives. And again, related to the economic consequence of somebody that doesn't know how they're going to pay their rent or is waiting for the call that they're going to get kicked out of their place. Do you feel like they want you to act as if you are experiencing that with them? Some might. <laughs> Nobody I know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know people like that, that that want the rest of the world to suffer with them, right? Um, so maybe there are a far, a far more number that are like, this sucks. I hate this fear. I'm so glad like my mom isn't worrying about where she is going to live, or I'm so glad that my my brother or sister or so and so that I know and love and respect and admire and want good things for I'm glad that they're not going through what I'm going through. You see that just you see that distance? How does that feel? Some of you feel guilty even talking about this, <laughs> right? I love you. I love you. I see where your heart is. I see your beautiful intentions. And we're just wanting to remind you that we are each of us having our own experience here. And that the, the world feeling like it's suffering can make us feel like we're suffering. 
But when we actually look at the degree of, of consequence, the degree of pain, the degree of consequent negative consequences, maybe it's healthier for all of us to take stock more, more authentically in what we are personally experiencing, I would say so that we can be more helpful to others. I feel like we are more, those of us that like to help, like we are more honestly helpful to other people when we are being our best, when we are doing our best, and when we are being honest with ourselves about where we're not suffering, where others are. There we go. Okay. I felt the heart expand in all of you. I felt your mind relax. I felt the fear kind of, you know, go away because the fear part is, okay, others are suffering. I'm hearing that they're suffering terribly. What if I'm next? What if my loved ones are next? What if my grandma is suffering next? What if my grandchild is going to be the next to suffer? But there's also the chance that maybe they're not. When you, um, yeah, the numbers are horrible. They, they are terrifying. The growth rates are terrifying. The media and news and journalism is doing a fabulous job making us all terrified. But when you look at the numbers as a percentage of the total population, the, the statistical chances of your grandmother or your grandchild actually experiencing this virus is very, very low. Most, most of you can safely say that you're going to be okay. And most of you can safely say that people you know are going to be okay. Are there going to be and are there people that are suffering? Yes, of course there are. But they're a small, small percentage. And I'm glad about that. That doesn't make me happy for the ones that are, that are negatively affected by this in any of the ways, by the virus or by the economic devastation from the quarantine, right? That doesn't, to say that I'm happy that, 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 it's, that there are more people that are not going to get it and that, it's, that the outcomes look like they were, um, like they're turning out to be better than what the experts had originally, had originally thought, that's good news. Okay, now some of you are sliding into a version of yourself that gets political and is really upset about like, especially if you're an American like I am, you're just like, but that means that so-and-so may get reelected. Just chill out for a minute. Okay, I'm going to help you undo undo a program and a propaganda piece in just a second here. What if being relieved that the worst case scenarios, I mean, at one point, there was a prediction of 2 million people dying from this coronavirus, from this COVID-19, from C-19. And the actual numbers, based on the actual modeling, based on quarantine, um, being in place since the places that it is in and it continuing and leaders monitoring, you know, how soon and how quickly we can, you know, relax these quarantines and things like that. We'll nowhere near hit that 2 million mark, right? That's good news. Just let your, let a certain part of yourself be relieved about that. Because what's happening is there is a propaganda mind control piece that it has politicized a virus. That's crazy, like psyops bullshit in so many ways. And I just, I just want to 
point it out to you <laughs> so that you can give yourself a break, right? And just say, okay, so that by saying that it's not as bad as we thought, is not as bad as the experts thought, doesn't mean I want Trump to get reelected. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you feel that he should. The fact that we are in such a crazy time that how a virus goes or doesn't go is because of what a president or a leader or prime minister does or doesn't do, that is utter nonsense. It's nonsense. It's crazy making. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, really just look at it for a minute. So, so what if, <laughs> what if you can be someone that is literally relieved, like, oh my God, thank God that the worst case scenarios are not coming true, that, that maybe maybe it's because quarantine is working, etc. What if you can have that response as, you, as yourself and not have that to mean that that doesn't have to mean anything about your politics or what you feel about a certain leader or don't feel about a certain leader? These have been smashed together by forces at work in this reality, right? And there's no need to get conspiratorial here. I'm just looking at the outcomes and it's everywhere. Okay, yeah, okay, good. I feel tension in your heart, <laughs> some of you. Just because you're like, I'm refusing to say I support so-and-so. I'm not asking you to. <laughs> you don't have to, <laughs> right? Okay, and I feel some of you, because I'm never going to say that. Fine, that's great. You don't have to say that. You can continue to hate whoever you want to hate, but they're not causing these deaths. Who wants you to feel that a certain leader of any type, even the Swedish prime minister, who wants you to feel that so-and-so is causing COVID-19 deaths? If they had that much control, that would mean that a certain leader that you love could eliminate all deaths. And you know that's not true. I feel like it's good to have a quarantine <laughs> around the types of people and the types of groups and the types of news media sources that keep wanting you to feel that way, that keep wanting to spoon feed you this propaganda psyop nonsense that you have to look at it a certain way. And that it's almost like they don't want you to think for yourself, right? Yeah, it's, I, I would recommend that it's healthy to question those sources and to put them in quarantine, that they're not trustworthy. They have some sort of other agenda. And I know some of you go, I know exactly what it is. You might, you might not. You might even be wrong <laughs> about, about your conspiracy that, that's going on here, right? There's a lot of really distorted conspiracies going on here too. And then this, is, this message is not about that, okay? Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> I, felt your, I felt your heart relax like, okay, good. She's not asking me to, uh, to love so-and-so. No, I'm not. And I'm not asking you to hate so-and-so either. Okay, very good job. All right. <coughs> okay. So, <laughs> now where are we, right? We're in a crisis. And you being your best for yourself, for your loved ones, for those that are somehow still healthy, that's great, knock on wood, and those that are maybe even thriving, 
and for those that are suffering physically, worried about their lives, like actually worried about their lives based on actual threats, based on an actual malady physically, etc. Not even just based on a, a, the, the susceptibility, right? Yeah, let's, let's give you back your health in that regard too. If you are in a compromised category, whether it's age or obesity or some sort of other health condition that you face, let's just take a minute and take a breath. Do you actually have right now the conditions that make your mind, your intelligent mind believe that you have the virus in its extreme state where you're a day away from the hospital? 99.9% of you listening to this, the number's probably a little too high, maybe 95% at least, can honestly say no. Okay, that's right. My lungs are not filling up with fluid. I am, my, my blood isn't thickening. My, and all these other conditions, all these other, you know, the worst case scenarios of those that are on ventilators, in ICU beds, you know, fighting for their lives, etc. Most of you do not have those symptoms and are not in that situation. Even though you have underlying conditions that predispose you more so than another person. Okay? So claim that. That you don't have that now and that you may not get that. <sighs> there we go. Okay. See how, see how different this is? Right? I'm inviting you into your truth. Your reality your personal experience, not what might happen, not what may happen, not what could happen, not what so-and-so thinks will happen, not, what's, what, not what another person's experiencing, you and what you're experiencing right now. Okay? Very good. Okay. <laughs> now, does this mean we should all like totally just go back to normal and hugging and kissing and shaking hands and maybe poor, poor hygiene. No, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. Don't be, don't be irresponsible, right? Be wise, be savvy, but also be real and be honest with yourself about your personal experience and the personal experience of those that are in your life versus this hugely gloomy cloud that's been, keeps being handed to us by a source of information, if they can even call it that, um, they meaning journalistic um, types that it's almost like they feel like they've done their job because they've scared the shit out of you. I think that's reckless. I think that's irresponsible. I, I feel like they're misrepresenting the data all the time. I see it in my local news media. I'm in, I'm in Idaho, right? Our per, we've had 45 deaths in our entire state. If you listen to our local media, and this may be true for you too, I'm guessing it is, it, they would, it's almost like they want you to think that, that what's happening, which is horrible and tragic and d so sad, it's terrible. What's happening in New York City, you're next. No, that's not true. Will we learn later on what the, all the conditions and variables that related to New York City that have nothing to do with who's in the White House, by the way, right? I know it's just oh, it's so frustrating that we don't have good information that I'm annoyed by that. I'm bothered by that. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this video is to help you reclaim your yourself and your experience and your neighborhood and your state and your city and what's actually going on. 
because all of that just feels like it's this oppressive kind of like, no, you should be terrified. Okay, I should be aware. That doesn't mean I need to be anxious and fearful and compromising our health on the process, by the way, right? Why do we have to fight for our health when we have it in, in this sort of weird emotional psyops battle, right? So I know some of you are saying, I turned on, I turned off the news 10 years ago, Jill. That's great. <laughs> some of us don't want to necessarily turn off the news. I turn off the news. Some of us want to know what's going on in the world. And yet we're also realizing that that, that picture of what's going on with the world is so distorted, annoyingly distorted. And then there's the political effect of, of if you feel, if you're starting to question whether quarantine is relevant for your locale or your region or your state, that somehow you're supposedly this, this Trump lover who's, who's going to turn Republican from Democrat, like, like that's a virus. <laughs> it's just, oh my God, if I don't laugh, I'll cry, right? Anyway, this whole thing is just getting ridiculous, okay? Okay, and that doesn't mean there's not a virus. That doesn't mean... That doesn't mean I feel like quarantine is, is, you know, some, you know, psyops, you know, bullshit, wanting to take our rights away sort of thing. I actually agree with the quarantine. I sympathize with the leaders that they're doing what they can to, to help us feel safe. But they're also now in a really, really um, unwinnable position that the leaders are feeling because of what what a lot of the the corporate media is doing to Trump, more and more leaders are starting to and this is going to be the the downfall of all of us This is going to take us all down economically, is that the leaders are noticing the media's willingness to make Trump to blame for what's happening in New York City. It's that's un, that's unprovable. Trump had nothing to do with Italy. Trump has nothing to do with Spain. Is he causing their deaths too and their horrible situation? Which is far worse, by the way. When you look at the country deaths as a percentage of population, when I looked last week, because I actually get nerdy and actually look at the models because I want to know what the fudge is actually going on versus what 60 Minutes is telling me, which is basically only New York City and Detroit and Chicago, as far as I can tell, has totally, it's almost irrelevant to what I'm living in Idaho, right? Not that I don't care about all of you that live in those cities. I love you and I'm giving you a huge heart to you, but I am not you. I don't live in those places. I, I don't, and you don't, I'm, I wouldn't pretend that my experience is your experience, but I don't want you to pretend that your experience is my experience either. Okay, yeah, exactly. So I'll get feisty <laughs> about this. All right, so where were we going? Maybe it doesn't matter, but this, um, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, the leaders, okay. So those leaders are now starting to feel like, oh my God, I will get blamed for any of the deaths, even if even if my experts tell me that the deaths would have been higher had I not done something. Do you know what's got that's going to lead these these leaders that are very susceptible to peer pressure and optics and things like that? Do you know what's going to lead them to do? Prolong the quarantine longer than it's justified. And if you guys, it's already happening. Okay. So I was talking with a with a friend and client just uh, right before this this uh, podcast actually. And I was saying that what we really need in, in the financial world, okay, of, of numbers related to finances and income and things like that, we tend to look at year over year data, okay? So they do that in real estate. I know I talked to a friend that's a real estate agent who is also a client too. And they look at year over year closing. So 
in this month last year, we had this many real estate closings compared to now. In this uh, week, a year ago, a retail outlet had this many sales, and now we have this many sales. What we need, and please tell me <laughs> in the comment section, um, if you know of someone that's doing this, we need a year over year deaths by locale or region or state from last year to this year. That is real data. There's a reason they look at that in, in financial and business worlds because it matters. It gives you a really good trend line of, of what, what, was, what was normal a year ago and what is normal, quote unquote, now. And are we worse than normal, worse than last year or better than last year? Because a lot of cities are going to see that they are suffering more than usual in terms of loss of life, people. This, this is actual people dying, right? That's real. And that's, I'm always sad about a death. But I also feel like it's sad that we're exaggerating the amount of deaths and making us all feel like we're dying or about to die. We're going to lose everybody. It's just, ugh, it's nonsense making. And it's terrible. Okay. So if we had that kind of objectivity, and if we had literally, and I, I hate to be a cliche and blame the media, but it is the media fueling these leaders to make decisions that if there were no media to make them look bad when they're trying to do the best they can with the expert in wisdom and, and their own you know, personalities to go along with it, right? But there are so many great leaders that are trying to do the best they can with what they know and the expertise they have and the data we have and that this is a new virus. We are really screwing and shooting ourselves in the foot if we are now making them feel accountable for every death because we're going to force those leaders into, oh, I want to say over quarantining longer than is necessary. And again, it's already happening. And the reason I know that is that when we initially went into quarantine, we were told that the quarantine was to not overwhelm the healthcare system. The, the worst case scenario was that we would have um, too many people needing ICU and emergency room and nurses and doctors and lab technicians and testing and all the we, they, we would not have enough resources to take care of the people that were sick normally and because of COVID-19, right? That was the reason for quarantine is da, da, da. we got to we got to take extreme measures to try to minimize the virus impact, flatten the curve Flatten the curve was never about decreasing the number of overall deaths. It was spreading the deaths out over time. Hello, do you remember that? That's what they were actually saying. And I even heard my local journalists, no, no disrespect to my local, I, anyway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I won't go there. Anyway, there's, I even heard a local journalist say, let's, let's, um, let's decrease, you know, the deaths related, let's decrease the loss of life. And I'm like, <laughs> lady, <laughs> do you not understand what we're doing here? The death, the, the curve is the same amount of deaths going from a peak to flattened. It's the same number of deaths predicted. It's just minimum. It's spreading them out over time so that it doesn't overwhelm the healthcare system and that those that need medical attention can get it in hopefully not a trailer or at some, you know, National Guard tent, right? Okay, so now we have a situation where a situation where a lot of in a lot of places and I'm in a state like this, we're way under capacity. 
Um, in terms of the ICU bed, we have no, we have an ICU bed oversupply. Um, we have a hospital bed oversupply. We have, as far as I know, based on the models, the actual data, we have more than enough ventilators right now. There's the PPE issue, right? The personal, what is it, protective equipment. Is that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> I'm not an expert. Anyway, now now it's not about nobody, the, those that are still justifying quarantine, it's not about whether their hospitals and um, medical resources and staff have been over over tapped and overused. They are in some cities like New York City, obviously, apparently, I don't have the data, but it looks that way if you look at the news, <laughs> like their bodies all over the place. Ugh, it's so sad, um, but overstated relative to the rest of us having our own experience. This justification now is no, 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 we, ha we have too many people still dying. Well, if we're going to quarantine until we don't have deaths, we'll never get out of quarantine. We will never get out of quarantine. Plus this COVID-19, even there's recent studies that even the testing of it is inaccurate. So initially we said, oh, we, once we have the testing, what if the, what if the testing accuracy rate is lower than we thought it was? What if there's a lot of false negatives, people that actually have it, but they're told that they don't? Because there is now that, you know, we have more time with this new virus, we're getting more and more actual data about what's happening and how the testing is working and different treatment plans and all these things. We don't know, you guys, but the data shows that it's less deadly than we thought it was. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's good news. Again, that's good news. So we've got to, I, I mean, to me, the best case scenario would be if there's any sort of uprising is that we, to me, it's not like the Trumps or whoever else you hate, if you hate him. Um, I, I certainly don't love him, but I'm not really a hater kind of person. I'm, I'm disappointed and displeased <laughs> and don't feel a lot of respect for a lot of people, but I'm not really a hater. And I definitely, I definitely stop myself from ever feeling with somebody literally has horns coming out of their head. Um, so yeah. Mm. Who do you think has horns coming out of their head? You sure there's not another way to look at that? A bigger picture of you, another angle to who they are. Yeah, some yeah propaganda and psyops is aplenty <laughs> right now. Okay, so to me, the uprising should be against those that who's informing you. Okay, are they informing you? <laughs> are they are they actually helping you? feel truly what is actually happening in your life. That to me is informative, right? I don't, it's not that I don't care about what's happening in New York City. It's that I don't live in New York City. I actually love New York City, but I've only been there once. <laughs> I'm quite a global traveler in a lot of ways, but there's just but I love New York City and I love to visit there and I love my friends um, and clients that live there and my peers that live there. But I don't live in New York City, and I'm not in New York City. And just like a lot of my New York City friends can't imagine living in Idaho and what I'm experiencing here, same. <laughs> okay, so so for those of you that live in a hotspot and you feel like the media is accurately depicting what you are experiencing, just play with me for a minute. What if we had in Idaho a local news media that wasn't owned by anyone anywhere else other than Idaho? <gasps> Yeah, that wouldn't happen. They don't have the financial models to do that anymore. I get it. But what if we had that? And what if we what if that was your main source of media, no matter what channel you clicked? And what if it would even say local news, 
and it was what's happening in Idaho. Would it piss you off? <laughs> it should, right? And what if something, what if your, yeah, I, what is something, the fires, the fires in Australia, it was the same thing. The rest of the world wasn't on fire, right? But we were made to feel as, as if it was happening to us. Um, and this is a global situation, so it's even more so. So to me, if there's any sort of revolt or rebellion, it shouldn't necessarily be against the leaders. It's, it's, the, it's the news agencies that are calling it news when they obviously, and to me it's obvious anyway, and maybe it isn't to you, and I respect that. To me, there is clearly an agenda of wanting to make a certain leader to blame as if there's no virus and there's just some, you know, willy-nilly irresponsible leader causing deaths. That is so irresponsible, so unhelpful. There are people fighting for their lives. I, we all deserve answers and truth and neutrality in terms of what's actually going on. I would love to know I would I crave the days of Walter Cronkite. I was born in 70. I wasn't a, I wasn't a lot around long enough as a especially as a as a more thinking kind of <laughs> well I don't mean kids think of course they do. But anyway, a more worldly kind of way. I didn't have the Walter Cronkite days. Um, but I long for the idea of a journalist that wouldn't be worried about putting out a statistic because it may look it may make people more favorable towards a leader or not. Do you guys remember? It didn't used to be that way. <laughs> Can you actually imagine that? Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When there was when there was a news source that that wasn't feeling worried about getting someone in office or getting someone out of office. That's that to me is the rebellion. That to me is a is a worthy sort of like, hold up just a second, WTF. What is going on here? Okay. I don't live where you live. Very few of you live in Idaho. <laughs> the numbers tell me that's true, right? You don't live my life and I don't live your life. And I love you and I love our differences and I respect our differences. And I would love for you to know that your life is much more of your own than maybe some of you have felt like lately because of a global pandemic and then further you know, spawned by fear, maybe exaggerated fear that has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, I love you so much. I hope, I hope this was helpful. Um, to me, transcendental experiences and living are very personal. And it, I think for any of us that have had them, um, whether it's based on a, a plant medicine or psychedelics or my way, which is more just about reconfiguring your self and sense of self and sense of this world and sense of others in a very um, radical way where you give yourself permission to be you while giving others permission to be them. And maybe even inspiring um, betterment or greatness in another. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Sending my love. 
Um, for those of you that haven't that haven't been in our, our JRF members, I miss you. The weekly podcast was something that was a big part of my life for years. And there is a part of me that misses that. And I, I love what we're doing in the JRF members. And of course, I'm inviting you over there. Um, we do have a, a up to two month free trial for anyone that economically can't join. Otherwise, I just want you to get the resources and support that you deserve in a really, really crazy time where there are so few resources, it seems like, that are bringing you back to you, into your sacred space within yourself and reminding you of, of you. Yeah, your best you. Okay, I love you. You may want to listen to this or watch this again, especially that connection experience at the beginning, I think could be very uh, soothing and helpful with everything going on. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Bye-bye for now. I love you. My website is jillreneefeeler.com. Bye-bye.